0: So imagine you don't think there's a forum for talented people in the radio business. So you create one on your own all by yourself. Imagine that you befriend morning shows and you help them become the most successful, successful entertainers in morning show radio history. Imagine what that person who did these things actually knows. Get ready to learn from them. Welcome to the Radio Rally on the Clubhouse app. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, hearing stories from some amazing radio people, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. Today's live event will be a podcast called the Encouragers the Radio Rally Podcast and will become available soon after the end of this actual live event, wherever you get your podcast. Our special thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. You can meet our guest on the live Clubhouse app, or you can subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a thing. We actually have DOS, two, two podcasts. One is the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast from our Wednesday night weekly live events and the encouragers the radio rally podcast and both are on apple spotify audible and wherever you get your podcast today is november 22nd 2021 don anthony is the president and owner of talent masters and of course you know uh, before we get started with guest on this live event on Clubhouse right now. Don't forget that next Monday, November twenty ninth, Lois Lewis, double L Radio herself from KNIX, their music director and personality on the air in phoenix arizona will be with us you can see our guest calendar anytime all the way through i think we're booking people in january and february rainmakerpathway.com you can see those schedules for both of our events we have encouragement for on-air and promotions also with our more than live and local guest series and more encouragement for local radio sellers with our encouraging sales success series as well as free resources for anyone who is in Radio business today. Please follow the people that you see on stage tonight. You can look around the room and see other folks that you might want to connect with as well. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. And of course, higher ratings are not a mystery. It's a practice. It's what we do. I enjoy the work of helping broadcasters just like you properly leverage your local assets and set your products apart from the competition in ways that result in higher ratings and stronger revenues. If you know somebody who needs a little help, have them reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Here's another example of how we're encouraging radio pros, by the way, at all levels and in all jobs in the radio business are 20 22 sales lift off planning your bigger revenue year is coming on thursday january 13th at 2 p.m eastern 11 a.m pacific you can join us right here on the live clubhouse app for that we will lay down planning and actionable items to help you and your sales team grow revenue we will specifically talk about recruiting sellers We will talk about how to get more out of your Q1 as well as drive revenue for the first half of 2022. My co-host will be current sales consultant, Alec Drake, former director of sales for Cumulus Media, Dallas. And we'll have two additional revenue partners, Chuck Wood, who's the VP GM of Delta Media Corp, a multimedia company comprised of seven television and nine radio stations in Broussard, Louisiana. Also, Scott Howard, who's the general manager of WoWo Radio, works for Federated Media in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Radio Rally is our weekly opportunity to get together with radio and encourage radio broadcasters in any job in the radio business and uh, produce encouragement about audio in general. One last special announcement before we get to today's guest. How television has changed and is changing forever, what does it mean Thursday, December 2nd, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific? What is TV now? What do viewers expect? What should you know? You can find out with this special one-time research discovery event with Futuri Media on television. This is the Futuri-Smith-Geiger study that you've probably heard a little bit about. We're gonna get into the details and hear from actual TV viewers. Aaron Callahan is our special guest with Frituri Media, and if you're interested in consumers, television, changing disruption of media, you'll want to hear this live event. Our next guest is well known to radio personalities and especially morning shows. He has certainly helped enough of them encourage so many talented people. We can get things started with a quote about today's guest, Don Anthony. Quote Don is one of the nicest and most sincere men in the radio education business today. He created the premier event for morning show hosts with Talent Masters Presents Morning Show Boot Camp. If a jock is out of a job, the first person to know and call is Don Anthony. There are really uh, a few really good people in some what some might call a cutthroat world of radio, but if there ever was a rock, someone with a positive attitude, it's Don Anthony. Many morning shows consider him a mentor. Without boot camp, radio would go on, but it sure wouldn't be as much fun without the man with the biggest heart in America. Don Anthony is the man behind Talent Masters. He's also the man behind the morning show boot camp and so much more. Don. Welcome to the Encouragers the Radio Rally. How are you?
1: Lloyd, well, I'm fine, thank you. That was the most amazing introduction I think anyone's ever uh, given me before. And with that, Just I'd think, like to stop because I think it's the yeah. perfect way we can end it. <laughs> I, they'll all like me and I can go on. No, thank you.
0: For no, me. it only it only gets better for you to think you didn't even have to pay for that. So since <laughs> we like we like going back to talk about the past before we talk about the future a little bit, it's our way to kind of kind of frame the issues a little bit. Let's talk about you. How did you learn about and enter the radio business, Don?
1: I don't know that I can really give you a date. I mean, I know that I, I, I'm sure a lot of people that that are, are on this call are probably experienced similar you know ways of getting in the business. It seems like I always wanted to be on the radio, and um, even in high school, I grew up in Houston. But even in high school, people in, that I went to school with all knew that I was going to get in radio, and they would all you know basically. In fact, even the teachers knew. I would always be asked to do the PA announcements in the morning. Um, and it was just one of those kind of things. When I when I graduated, in the yearbook, people would write, I can't wait to hear you on the radio. It was a very strange experience. But my first entree into radio was actually when I was, a, I guess, a senior or junior in high school. Uh, I met a, a rather famous personality in Houston, and he said the way to get in the radio just knock on doors until somebody lets you in. And so I did that, and uh, I went around like an idiot, knock on radio station doors, and just said, hey, I want to get in radio, and, uh, before I knew it, uh, I, walked, I knocked on a door at KRB in Houston a long time ago. And uh, lo and behold, the guy who was on the air was the program director. And it was July 1st, and I remember that because my birthday is July 2nd. But on July 1st, which was a Friday then, he said, uh, can you be here tomorrow? <laughs> and I said, you know, I went, what? <laughs> you know, I had never been to the radio. And he said, can you be here tomorrow? And so, oh, so I'm, you know, sure. So I showed up the next day, but little did I know the station was a classical music station back then. And I knew nothing about classical music. Um, So when I got in, he said, I'll I'll give you like a 10-minute instructional on how to use the board, cue records, play cartridges, and all the other stuff. And I was trying to soak it in, and that was my entrance into radio. Um, But then from there, I, I landed my first... Full time job at a small station in Louisiana and then went to another smaller market and then ended up in New Orleans where I spent the,
0: the bulk of my
1: radio career.
0: Nice. Well, listen, you, look, when you began the morning show boot camp, there was no place for bringing this kind of talent together for ideas, encouragement, networking, or just fellowship among morning shows. Uh, how did you decide, you know what, this is for me, I'm going to do this?
1: I always wanted to do an event. I mean, I always thought about it. I had, I put together agendas, I you know, people that I wanted to you know, do and so, so I created a um uh, a committee uh of people to kind of guide us through what we're going to do or what. But I think the main reason we got into it was, you know, at that time, this was 80, 1988, uh, you know, you had events for sales managers, for general managers, for program directors, everyone except um high-end talent, we labeled them high-profile talent, people that didn't rely on, on music alone, on music radio. And we wanted to give them an event, an event for talent, that talent could call their event.
0: Right. So
1: it was a national event. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, I knew nothing about negotiating with hotels or any of that. And so I, I was calling a lot of people, agencies, and different people trying to get an idea of what to do. And so our first event we held here in Atlanta and I'm very proud to say we lost twenty thousand dollars in our first event. Oh. Uh,
0: well, I mean, I'm I sorry. Anyway. Whoa, 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 whoa! Did you say you lost twenty thousand dollars?
1: I lost twenty thousand dollars because, you know, I invested in, you know, paying for the hotels and, you know, and we had all these things, advertising and all this stuff we're putting together. And it was kind of weird. I mean, I, I look. One of my one of my sons has always told me there's you have to know the difference between an investment and an expense. And so I saw yeah. that as an I saw that as an investment, and and I will tell you, even though we lost the money, I knew it was right. I mean, after that first event in the room with all these morning people that were gathering, and I think our first event we had about 120 people. I think most of those people were on panels, maybe 10 or 12 paid to be there, well more than that. But I mean, it was just I could just tell from the room that it was going to work. And uh, I, 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 we move forward. We never look back. Uh, we've never, knocked on some, something here, uh, we never lost money again. Um, you know, you don't make as much money as people would think, but it, it's been a great experience. And, 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 you know, it's just been all those years and looking at all the talent, but we'll get into that later.
0: Absolutely. But, um, L- listen, you, I, I also want to point this out. You spent a number of years in consulting and research. Maybe people don't know that about you. What did those experiences teach you, too?
1: Well, more in research. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and I would say what that really taught me is, and I, if there's anything in research in this phone call, they're going to really like what I'm going to say. <laughs> you, you can't just research once. You have to research more than once and continued research because it's, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a snapshot in time. And you can't let yourself overreact you know, to one study that comes out and says this without backing it up with another study later. I mean, as an example, when PPM first came out, I'm sure you'd agree. Well, I think you'd agree. When PPM first came out, I mean, I I think some people overreacted. Right. Uh, and, And so, you know, and I think as it went along, we were able to understand it better and so forth. An amazing concept. But, you know, people were suddenly, you know, shutting up jocks and telling people never to talk again and playing more records and all the other stuff for one.
0: Well, and you know and so that that's think, fear-based, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, it, it is to a degree, but I think that we as people sometimes it's like somebody coming in and and, and saying, you know, I, I read this I read this book that said, and all of a sudden, whoa, you know, you have to do your own <laughs> research. And you got to remember also that research, it, it, it's a roadmap. It's, it's not really, it's something to guide you, um, but it's not, you know, something that you have to look at and just say, this is exactly everything we're going to do.
0: I always like Uh, to say it's always always best to use research with some professionals, please, so so that you don't overreact to one thing or the other. Look, you don't just help morning shows. It seems to me that you're on the front lines for developing opportunity for people who want to get into the radio business. I've seen you do this since consolidation. Really, there has been all this talk about dwindling talent. You know, there's uh, uh, now. You hear that the age of the talent, you know, that conversation's happening privately where people are like, you know, people are older and what are you going to do? And how motivated are broadcast companies to help new talent, in your opinion?
1: I, I want to say for the record that I think there are a lot of programmers and program specialists and consultants that are motivated more than they're given credit for. Right. Um, I, I mean, I talk to people, you know, like the Greg Strassew's with Hubbard and the, the Brian Phillips with Cumulus and the Justin Chases with, with you know, Beasley. And, and, and there are people like Mike McVeigh and, and so many other people that are true believers right. in talent. And, and, and so I know they're there. There was a time you'd run an ad, and I know through Talent Masters, our company, if somebody put word out that there was a station in Charlotte looking for a new morning show. That station would get 50 CDs tapes that's mp3s right. MP3, whatever and tons of stuff right today you can run an ad and for a really good job and you may get maybe five or ten you know viable kind of you know air checks um, so it works on both ends there's not as many people you know as motivated to you know jump into opportunities now they're more careful uh, they're more selective and more, you know more things weigh into it But uh, I have to add, I think from my experiences, people definitely want talent.
0: Well, and look, I think you have to be careful as a talent, too, because you're managing your career. Somebody else is not managing it. You are. How important is networking today for morning shows specifically?
1: Uh, I'll say this will sound very cliche and and probably self-serving, given what we do. I I think it's more important now than ever. Uh, And I also believe, and I say it for this reason, because what you said while ago, Talent are more self-reliant now than they ever have been. Um, I wish during my time as a, on air that we had social media. I mean, it's an amazing resource for networking. Uh, oh. There are also other websites where people can connect. and And look, we just formed uh, an alliance with a lady named Marie Lemaitre, who's unbelievable. She created a platform called uh, Radio Fam. Uh, and there's nearly mm. ten thousand people on that. A platform that I believe are probably under the age of 35 right. and so that, that's near 10,000 people that are really interested in a medium that that we have to connect with and find but that group and other groups in that age group and in that demo they're seeing radio differently than when you and I were you know under 30 under 25 whatever because there's more ways for them to more platforms twitch and all these places that didn't exist before and they're making money on some of these platforms, so I, I think that you know there's different schools of where people are going, and some people, as you said before, are going to be a little more selective. And you know, I think the,
0: the it's children. very important what you just said. People are using other platforms, and they're making money doing it. So yeah. listen, I I want to know this. Do you have any tips? And again, you you might think I'm asking these these kind of pop up questions. No, no. Uh, uh, do you have any tips for building relationships for programming talent? Because even though we might have some really amazing talent, they might struggle trying to figure the relationship end out.
1: Well, I, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tough question, but an even more difficult answer because reaching people today. Um, I think I said this to you recently. We were chatting. Uh, mm-hmm. I think being a program director today is probably more difficult than it ever has been. Uh, they're managing more, more stations, more people. Uh, we did a study with with Jacobs Media for our Air Talent um, AQ3 study, and I think the the number that came up with was you know the average person now in certain in certain elements is around six caps, you know, for a position. Right.
0: Um,
1: and so you're a PD now, and and the number one concern for a lot of talent is when can I connect with my, you know, PD for I want to sit down and go over an air check. Uh, do PDs want to sit down and go over air checks? Absolutely. But it's just very, very difficult to be able to find time to do it uh, in today's environment.
0: Well, and I think that's an important point for people like you, uh, uh, consultants like me. That That's where we can really be helpful to teams today. So look, I want to know, are you doing any work in the potential merge lane between social influencers and morning shows or social movers and shakers and radio in general?
1: You know, I, I talked with Marie Lemaitre, who I've mentioned before, about that,
0: and right. and wanted
1: her feedback on it, because she's connected. Unlike many people I know, she is what I call the, uh, you know, the the, the the new window to the future generation of talent, and and also in how they think, how they're acting, how they're working, etc. And she mentioned to me there's no need to merge with social influencers. Um, radio people are and were the first. Influencers, but some management, you know, are kind of they shy away from that. Uh, radio needs to take tips from the random people, influencer types.
0: That, yes,
1: as she say, hijack our lane and get back in it. Uh, oh, I think that's so,
0: pretty smart. I think that yeah, is. Stop what trying is. to hire
1: influencer first people. It's inefficient, and those people usually don't need your radio station. So I, I think you have to put it in perspective, and I think she put it very, very precisely.
0: All right, listen, I know you've had a, a lot of favorite moments, either from morning show boot camp or just your interaction with morning shows or, or from everywhere across time. Can can you maybe share a story with us about one of those great moments?
1: You know, this, again, sounds very cliche. There's so many of them over 32 30, years, Absolutely. 33 years. There are a lot of them. I do remember, though, that this is kind of interesting, that back in the formative days of boot camp, we used to do a you called – Um, a day in the life where we take like an iconic figure and he would or she would kind of detail their lives, uh, what they do on a daily basis. I walk in at 445, I read the news, I do, you know, and kind of go over and so forth. Well, Dick Purton, the, the, you know, one of the most, you know, iconic figures in Detroit uh, and other markets, but uh, particularly Detroit was our guest that year. And uh, somebody stood up and asked him later, what is your secret, What's been your secret to winning? And I remember, that, you know, Dick, knowing Dick, you can appreciate this. she said, well, I don't know that I really have a, a secret, but I can only tell you what I do every day on the radio. And that is, I get in the air, and I talk about the same things my listeners are talking about. And then I put them on the air and talk to them about those things. And everybody in the room, it suddenly got very, very quiet. And, you know, people start. Writing, you know, they wrote this down and went, Well, what's interesting about that? It was like that advice still applies.
0: Of course, it does. <laughs> you know,
1: he simplified what a lot of people try to complicate, and which may explain his terrific, you know, career. Um, I will never forget. I believe it was 1996 um, that Stuttering John. Yes. Was then on the Howard Stern show, mm-hmm. and as I recall, I think he, you know, kind of uh, crashed one of our events and there was a panel and it had the likes of the late um uh, uh Kid craddock um, it had uh, i mean all these big names uh, jeff and Jer, right man Cow, and all these people and the the thing was he had a cell phone now this is 1996 remember kind of a cell phone you have
0: of course so
1: he i think tried to engage the the, the uh, panel into a discussion and I can't remember, it may have been Mancow, I hope I'm right, but somehow Mancow got, got a hold of the mic of the uh, cell phone and didn't like the question or whatever and just slammed it down to the ground, smashed it to smithereens. And, and here's the thing, it was all being on the air, it was all recorded. And, uh, I, I, and then we got a call from Hard Copy, which was on a big TV show.
0: Right. We wanted
1: a copy of the video that Art Volo had videotaped.
0: Well, of course and Art was doing it. <laughs> of
1: course it was there. So he recorded that and they, it was on and so and I got really nervous because we'd only been doing this for you know five, six years, and I'm thinking, oh geez, we're gonna look like you know, managers are gonna look at this and they're gonna look, man, we'll never send our
0: oh, people right. there.
1: And I was worried, and then I was talking to Walter Sabo. Oh, uh, right. and a you know, consultant, well known figure now a, a talk host, and and I was conveying my concerns and what Walter said, Wait a minute, you just had someone from the Howard Stern Show, invade your event. He said, the the most important, most incredible personality in radio's history invaded your event. You should be thrilled.
0: That's (laughs) right. So I said, well,
1: I guess you you may have a point. But I think it's you see it. But I want to share one thing, though. I think the one thing that I, I, I recall the most out of all the events, and when you go back over 30 years, and bear in mind, there are some people that out of the 32, 33 years, have been to more than thirty of our events, some over twenty, some over twenty five, whatever, but they've come year after year and, and so seeing talent back then that were starting in as interns, as part timers, you know, infir and now see them evolve into megastars, that to me has been the most gratifying aspect of morning shabu camp.
0: It's got to be pretty huge. Listen, I I have seen you talk about this. You say that if you really want to be in this business, get yourself in a high profile show or become a high profile show, not just somebody who's playing records, not just somebody who can easily be duplicated, if you will. Can you talk about the here right now on the encouragers? Because I think that's an important aspect of, of great advice you give people.
1: Well, at first off, I want to qualify. I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize the importance of people that are not doing mornings. Uh, right. I think there's an incredibly important place for people who can go in middays, nights, whatever. You learn how to, you know, you get down timing, you get down how to, how to speak, how to enunciate, you learn all the comfort zones of how to be on the radio. But where you want to reach, in my opinion, where you want to go in radio is you want to reach that point where you're irreplaceable. And, and we live in a time, let's be honest, where it's very easy to be displaced by any number of things. But if you're in a position of power uh, or a position where the, can't, the station just can't do without you, that's a goal. And if I were on the radio today and I were starting all over again, not, not today, but being 25 again, exactly, right. I, I, I would have a strategy of how I'm going to become a major personality. Uh, I want to reach, I want a strategy of how to become irreplaceable. And not everyone can do that. I mean, you know, look, like, it's like Major League Baseball or sports or football, only a, a miniscule number of people actually make the very top. But I think the goal should always be you want to shoot for the very top. And the other thing is you want to shoot to be a star. Um, and you, I think you can only do that when you're in a position where, you know, you're like a bird show in Atlanta or, uh, uh, you know, a, a Toucher and Rich in Boston, those kinds of shows, who all started the same as a lot of people maybe wa- or listening in on this, this, this platform, that the thing you have to remember, they all started this way. And people that are, that are on the radio now have to keep thinking, I can do this. And I know there are a lot of reasons to believe, oh, geez, things aren't working out. The guy didn't return my call. I was let go. all the things we all faced but I think you have to realize that if you shoot high enough and keep shooting and never quit shooting for it, things can happen.
0: I think that is true. And listen, uh, today, Mike McVeigh had a uh, piece in Radio Inc. I read that. There
1: was a brilliant piece, uh, by the way.
0: uh, Absolutely, And, and he talks in there about how, you know, being good enough, that's not the thing that we're doing here now. And so you talking about people setting goals, for for becoming a major personality in this business, that has to be it. Because only the elite are going to matter at the level that you want to have a real career. Listen, you're so connected to everything. How did that happen to you? Or has that just developed around you? I hear you talking about this other lady and I'm like, dude, you're the most connected. You're one of the most connected people I know.
1: Well I I said to I said to you recently I believe I said I, people sometimes will ask you you know when do you plan to retire
0: right. and I've always
1: believed that that I'll I'll retire when I no longer want to learn anything and so mm-hmm. I live in a state of wanting to learn so in in bringing on board somebody who is you know in a in a different lane in a different you know uh, it, it's got the you know focus on people 35 and under or right a much younger demo and group, et cetera, I, I think you get some fresh eyes in there. And I think I would never, ever in a million years say that I appreciate you saying I, I'm connected. I think a lot of that just because you do a national event and we do a national newsletter. Uh, people, you know, probably will recognize the name, but you know, not, not know a heck of a lot more beyond
0: that. Uh, dude, no, I think uh, listen, I'm not going to, let you, I, 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 I can't let you get away with that. I'm going to say this. I think it's because, you went out of your way, maybe when other people were going to say, Don, you're crazy for doing this stuff with radio personalities. What are you doing? <laughs> and I think, I no, think people I really respond to that. The
1: first phone call I ever had, and I won't mention his name. He passed away, but he was a great friend. The very first phone call, somebody called and said, Don, babe, I love you, but look, this ain't going to work. People will never let their people, they'll never pay for talent to go to an event. And, you know, it basically became, you know, it was a motivational thing for me. But I think the will of talent was, like I said before, they wanted an event that they could call their own. But, you, but people that have been to boot camp know this. When you're at Morning Show Boot Camp, there, there's something there. There's a chemistry. There's an electricity. There's something that you can't really define unless you're part of it and, and see it. And, it, it, you know, I, and I think it's all talent. Um, I think the talent; they relate, they understand each other. There's a, there's a, there's a, you know, like a a, 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 a language that they speak, and and I think that's really where it all comes from. I, it's not me. Uh, these these guys get together, and I think there's an electricity there. It's really really special. Um, it's one of the it's one of the downsides. I think. Well, we'll get into it later. You know, in doing um, virtual events, then, yes, uh, vir- doing virtual events has got many many pluses. Trust me, they do.
0: Absolutely. But I think for
1: talent, talent like getting together and like hanging and, and mingling and and, and going one on one with each other.
0: Now, wait a minute. It's you know what? It's like in the in the old days. They talk about I know how to pick a winning radio station by walking up down the halls. You can feel the electricity of it. So what happens when you put all of those amazing talents in one room? What do you think happens? I think <laughs> There's going to be some realized, electricity.
1: I think most people there realize that we all we all think the same in many ways. We're all like-minded. We're all facing the same issues. We have the same troubles. But at the end of the day, we're all striving for the same goals. Okay? Great. I mean, I used to say that I could listen to a station. I'm sounding very profound here, by the way, because I'm on a big call. <laughs> no, but I, I, used to, I used to always say that I could listen to a station and be able to tell how how people like being at that station by what was coming through the speakers. And, and so I think that when you, you know, you ever walked into a radio station and immediately were able to pick up the mood of working there? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think that our event is kind of that way in that, you know, you put a lot of really great talent together. And um, I remember, I think, I want to say 2019, that uh, Bobby Bones had come and was part of an event or a segment. And there was a young lady, I, I'm not, I want to say Laura Gilbert, I can't remember, but... There was a a lady who she knew, she had just come from, she was out of Atlanta, and she was, you know, finding her way through and getting jobs and what, and she was able to get into a conversation with Bobby Bones, and I think they were down in in, in the the lounge area, and they probably conversed for a couple, three hours,
0: Right.
1: And, and it was like the greatest two or three hours, you know, for her, it was just a moment, because you're able to access people that you wouldn't think are really approachable. And yet she had that opportunity of, of chatting with someone, and it was just one of those great, great moments. And thank, thanks to Bobby Bones, I mean, who's, who avails himself to, you know, talk with people. And, and so many other people do the same thing. So I, I just think, you know, there, there's that, I say chemistry, but it's hard to really define. I'm sure other events have that in their own groups and different things and what. Um, but, I, I mean, I feel it, you know, more because of it's our thing. And I feel it more because of talent. Um, you know, listen. They, they 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 lay their they you know they wear their hearts in their sleeves. They get it all out. They're very honest. Uh, the joke for many years at, at our event was, boy, they sure let you know. Th- there's some obscenities that fly through the air, hmm. you know, during events and different things and what. And and I think that was part of it's, it's their ability to be able to speak their minds and speak openly and honestly. Um, and so I think that's what really you know lent itself well to you know our, our existence. So. Not the obscenities, just the ability of being able to speak freely.
0: So, oh, Well, but that is freedom, and uh, look, they're feeling comfortable in that environment and comfortable with each other. Let, let's talk about something that might – I think to some people this is a little bit less comfortable, but it's not just what comes out of the speakers today. Let's talk about social media and radio talent today. When you come in contact with talent – in your opinion, are they invested in social media? Do they ask questions about how to leverage that better, or do you see resistance from some of that today?
1: Well, I, I'll again, I'll quote, I refer to a conversation I had with, with uh, uh, Marie, who was, you know, really, really connected in that universe. And I asked her that same question. She said right. that she still sees resistance, probably because management isn't completely on board yet. And, and obviously not a broad stroke overall. There are many that are very much into it, but talent needs guidance in owning their personal brand so they can probably monetize yes. um, their social media. Um, yes. So I think that look, talent. It's like what I hear podcast ad nauseum. Everything is podcast, 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 and I get it. It's a phenomenal platform, and it's definitely a part of our future. Uh, it's going to make money for us like we've never thought. But I still believe personally, I think social media is as important, if not more important, to radio right now uh, than anything. Well,
0: and you talk about management. I mean, look, if it's not important from the top down, eh, you're going to get lucky if you have something happen correctly. So, you know, I think to a lot of managers, this goes back to how much time they have, how much energy they can focus on each hat that they're wearing, and not just the right. programmers, I'm talking about all of it. There is a lot of pressure on revenue. There's a lot of, I mean, you've got a lot going on. I think sometimes people go, eh, we're in social, sure. Do you get that feeling?
1: I, are social. I, I, I would say it this way. I think that in today's environment to prioritize um, that by the time you get to social, uh, right. by the time you get to those, I mean, I just think that it's probably pretty exhausting. I, in a perfect world, I believe that people, I know consultants, managers would love to have, you know, plentiful time and, and you know, to, to, to devote to social, to working with talent more, all those things. But the reality is that time is just, you know, they're stretched. Uh, not only are they stretch, but the talent stretch. When you talk about podcasts to a lot of morning people, they all believe that podcasting is great. they all love to do it, and many are doing it. But many will also tell you, I just don't have enough time to devote to it to make it really as good as I'd like.
0: Uh, so I, I hear that.
1: Mm-hmm. They'll repurpose, you know, their shows or things like that. Uh, That's exactly anyway, right. I think that that, I hope that answers your
0: question. It does. Listen, I. I want to go back. I might be beating a dead horse here, but I want to know what is it exactly that drew you to morning shows specifically because, I mean, look, you, you say high profile talent. We all know a lot of that's happening in the morning.
1: Well, what drew me to them is they're the stars. right? Um, and and I, I've always been attracted to, you know, when I was a little kid, um, you know, my parents used to have these comedy albums. And and I remember that they among their being in, in the South, there was a Cajun comedian. I think his name was Justin Wilson, and my right. dad used to just love his albums. And all he did is tell these funny stories. Well, I was intrigued, and I was a kid, and I found it really really funny. But what I, I didn't realize is I was attracted to him because he was a great storyteller. Right. And so I think today when I listen to great shows, it's like if I listen to Howard Stern. I think many people agree there's no better interviewer, but you know, when you can't get out of the car until he's finished with an interview, that's a pretty damn good interviewer, right?
0: You bet. So
1: I think the same thing applies with storytellers and people that have that ability of conveying stories, what happened over the weekend, uh you know, creating a certain mood or creating a certain, you know, uh, attitude. So when you get to where you're going, your mind frame is just completely changed by whatever you may have listened to. Um, and and again, I could I, I would bore you. I don't. I, I never try to get into the best morning shows because I, I'll hurt. I'll piss off somebody. Oh and
0: yeah, right. I mean, right. there are I tons get that. and tons
1: and tons of great great radio shows. But I think that what people have to realize is all of those shows, none of them started great. That's
0: and, right. And, and, and look, we're hardwired. In, well, we're, yeah, we're but hard-wired. I mean, in
1: terms of what attracted me to morning radio was yeah. I didn't want all the the clutter of. I don't want to go through all the commercials and this and that. I wanted to hear them talk, and I want it to be entertained. I want it to be, I, you know, when people say, what do you look for in, you know, in talent? doesn't have to be a morning show, but any talent. I want them to be interesting. I, I want them to be uh, to share something with me that, that triggers, you know, like my interest, that makes me say, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, relative things and terms and what. But I think that, you know, morning talent for me, because I think we all grew up with a favorite talent, somebody that just caught our attention. And yes. we all have certain people we grew up with that just knocked it out of the park. And they didn't have to be morning people. There was a guy in Houston on, on uh, Kilt
0: <laughs> when I was
1: coming up named Barry Kay. Yes. Uh, and Barry Kay, I thought, was the greatest disc jockey
0: in he the loved world. Loved him. Loved him. And he <laughs> sang.
1: He did all these kind of things. And, what, and I was so pumped up after listening to a Barry Kay show. Right. And, you know, you could say, well, he didn't do it with, like, morning people. No, but he was entertaining. He was funny. He was driven. Uh, and well, I feel and look, the same way about a lot of shows today.
0: Yeah, and there's um, something about audio, being compelling with audio, and it is tied to being able to tell that story in a uniquely kind of, most of the time, a fast pace, right? Right. Yeah, you
1: don't have as much time, and I think the time spent listening, I mean, you know, you, have to, you only have just a few seconds to – you know, pick up with anyone that right. you know to grab somebody's attention, um, and and so I think that you you have to be uh, conscious of making every break count. Um, I mean, Absolutely. I think it was in my it, it may have been yeah. I think you mentioned earlier in McVeigh's article. Yes, there's no room for average anymore.
0: Thank um,
1: you. Uh, you 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 really have to become. Oh, and the, the other key word unique. You just can't sound like everyone else, and, and you have to create your own sound. I mean, we all had people we, we admired and modeled our shows after and got us off. You know, We kind of had a, a pattern to go after, but then you have to become your own personality.
0: Your own and, voice.
1: And, and once you do that, and once you find your groove, uh, if you'll pardon the vernacular, but it, once you find your groove uh, and find the lane that you're most comfortable in, where you're really you, then you're on to something. Um, and and I, I are we're doing a, a series now in our newsletter called Backstage at Bootcamp, where we're kind of putting the spotlight on new up-and-coming next-generation stars, right?
0: Fabulous.
1: And and I, I I'm overwhelmed with the feedback I'm getting from people saying I'm loving this, I'm loving this. I re, I'm I'm feeling as if there are a few there's a future to talent in our business, and there really is.
0: Uh, I believe it. And,
1: and I think that, but I think that again. I would like to see, you know, where, you know, there's opportunities for them to get on a radio station and actually do what they do best. Uh, There's a great story that that Burt Weiss told uh, at boot camp this year about when he was first given the job at at Q100 uh, in Atlanta that Brian Phillips was handling the, he was his PD then, and they had recruited him, I believe, out of Washington. And he put together a whole show, four or five people that re- didn't really know each other. And they, you know, kind of put them together. And so Bert was there, and he went on the air, and he started doing the show. And after a few shows, just didn't like it. And, you know, I think went, went into Brian's office with his head down and just saying, this, is, this isn't working. you got to help me. we got to sit down. we got to make this work. It just doesn't sound right. And I'm paraphrasing all this. But the point was, Brian just told him, as I recall, look, why don't you just go back in there, and do the show you want to do. Do it for a week or two, and if you still have problems, then we'll sit down and talk. And as Bert said, they never had that meeting. Hmm. So it just—it's one of those examples of you know you have to give people enough of an opportunity to be able to do. I'm not saying with, without any direction,
0: but you That's have right. to let
1: people find their own wing, so to speak.
0: Well, oh, wait, and it's pretty good advice to tell somebody to go be themselves. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, but 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 look, we're, we live in a world where everything is, you know, this is the way we're going to do it. Then you have then you have people that are all directing you and doing this and doing that. Sure. Um, hey, I, let me put in a plug for consultants like yourself and also morning show consultants. I, I think this is an amazing time for people to hire as many consultants and morning show consultants as they can, because PDs program directors are swamped. Uh, talent or in desperate need of, you know, wanting advice and, and direction and going over air checks. And if budget allows, I really would urge people, bring in some people to work with them because people, the talent genuinely want some direction.
0: Uh, All right. So and- so listen, this, this next question for you, I, I want to be careful with this because I'm not asking you how to get into syndicated morning show. Here's what I'm asking. If you're doing a morning show today and you want to become a big syndicated show tomorrow, how do you best position yourself for that in 2022? How do you how do you make that turn? Not necessarily how do you get syndicated, but how do you make sure that you're prepared and how do you lay the groundwork?
1: You know, I've always learned that you know I have have opinions like everyone, but I also believe in you know referring to people that have hands-on experience and having managed you know some of the most some of the biggest names uh, in the business. And, and today, um, I, I connected with Craig Kitchen. Uh, you may know as, you know from uh, not only his days with Premier and managing some of the biggest names and broadcasting, but going on to continue right. managing the likes of Rush Limbaugh and Delilah and all these other people. And now he's over the Radio Hall of Fame. But having managed so many careers, uh, I asked him uh, today uh, that very question. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to share some
0: of his thoughts, if that's all right. Please, that would be great.
1: He said, produce and create a killer radio program each and every day. We've established that. Number two, create enough goodwill with your current employer that you'll be trusted to look after the station you're on presently, as well as the stations you'd like to be on via syndication. Three, drive your ratings to near all-time highs, enough to be 40% ahead, 40% ahead, of any other day part in your station, or 40% above your number two competitor in that demo, or both. Make a compelling case with your program director that you can continue to form, perform at that level while also attracting an audience from another city joining the existing audience. Five, make a plan to syndicate radio into, dozen, into a dozen regional markets where your, spe- your sphere of influence is greatest. Number three, and then going back to number six. If you're East Coast or Midwest-based, you're like, likely able to create the syndication with live programming. If you're West Coast-oriented, plan on using an FTP site to upload your breaks and content. I, I, I think that's advice from probably a guy that probably knows more about that uh, than most. Um, right. and, and, and just to so you know, that sounds pretty simple, right? But you know, being 40% above all the other day parts, having a strategy of how you're going to you know, go into syndication, uh, right. without naming names, I know some shows that got jump started too quickly and got put into larger markets before they should have been put there. And and literally had their syndication short circuited because of that. Others, like I'll say John Boy and Billy and shows like that, you know, right. very wisely kind of did very slowly, you know, did stepped footprints and went here and went there all in that region and then just grew and grew and grew. Bob and Tom. I mean, there's a reason. That both Westwood One and iHeartMedia just recently resigned uh, Bob and Tom. They probably one of the longest lasting syndicate shows there is, but they're very smart and sharp in how they put together their syndication. And there are many other shows. And by the way, there have been some new. Mark Lee and Van Camp and shows like that have been coming along, and there's more. And there are shows that, and by the way, I mentioned uh, Tetra and Rich uh, recently. They uh, just announced, I mean, about a month ago. That after many years of domination in Boston, they're now going into syndication. They announced, I believe, four or five new affiliates to begin with, all within the area, but that's how they're starting. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, and, and, and I should say, in fairness, syndication's not for everyone. Um, but I, I do believe that, you know, it, 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 it's here to stay. It's part of the fabric.
0: Well, there's going to be more pressure that. on that, I would think.
1: Yeah, but I'll add this, that when people compare, oh, God, syndicate, we're over, I'll say this, Lloyd, that syndication or local radio doesn't necessarily beat each other. The best show wins, whether you it's syndication know. or local. And so that—that's really it really comes down to that. So when people come to me and say, I want to be syndicated, fantastic. But then come up with a plan of how you plan to do that and don't expect it to be easy or overnight, you
0: know? That's right. All right, listen, I'm gonna turn my attention directly on you now. So here's where it might get a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Seminars and live- I got it at 4.30
1: this morning. I've been
0: uncomfortable for an hour. Right, (laughs) of course. Uh, Seminars and live events that decided to continue during the pandemic, they learned a lot about technology. They learned a lot about what people like about technology and what they didn't. What did Morning Show Boot Camp learn?
1: Uh, that it still comes down to content. Um, we did our first virtual event, uh, like many others, uh, last year, and it went great. Uh, New Voodoo uh, Media uh, produced it, did a phenomenal job, and people loved it. Um, they loved the sessions. They liked everything. Uh, and look, I mean, going virtual, I mean, there there's many advantages uh, you have an unlimited guest list. People who don't like going to conventions or rarely speak, you have access to. Um, right. You know, uh, the, you know, the access to people that, you know, who don't normally go to events, sign up. Um, you have, you know, the, the expense item, too. No no hotel, no travel. So there's many advantages. The disadvantages, I mean, you know, because we got used with them. And, and with, you know, all of a sudden everything was during the pandemic was, you know, Virtual, 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 and right. so I think you had a you, inter, you had a fatigue factor because people were suddenly in front of a you know a screen watching you know Hollywood squares twenty four seven. It's like all these multiple cubicles.
0: Meanwhile, uh, just so that everybody on this call knows, and everybody on the podcast, whether you're listening live or listening later on the podcast, uh, Don does, of course, have uh, Morning Show Boot Camp coming up on August 18th and 19th, 2022. I'll be very excited to see what he learned during the pandemic that he might have as a part of this Chicago event, Morning Show Boot Camp coming August 18th and 19th. I'm, right. I'm pretty excited about this, and I'm mostly excited about asking you from the pandemic okay, what virtual stuff will you bring back? What in person stuff? How will this all work now? Because I, I bet you have learned some things, and some things you'll want to keep maybe.
1: It depends on, what, it depends on the, the overall agenda. We have pretty much a, a, an agenda pretty much laid out, a tentative right. agenda. Um, how much we integrate virtually, I don't know yet. Uh, it depends on who we can get that can't actually come in that we can get virtually. So we'll explore that. Um, but I think we would probably be predominantly live as opposed to virtual. Um, but I do believe we'll offer more on-demand than the years past. Nice. Uh, because people are certainly wanting to um, explore that and, and, and I think you know do that in a, in a good way. I, I do want to add just to I kind of interrupt a while ago when I was talking about the virtual versus live.
0: That's I right. Think there's
1: advantages to vote, and I think they're great. I think that I think virtual is here to stay, and and I think it offers many things that weren't there before. Uh, but I just wanted to stress again that it really comes down to the product. If you have good product, good speakers. Uh, that's what's really going to
0: count. Well, and people, people really look forward to this. Listen, I'm going to bring it up. It's like an, it's like an ugly bruise right under your eye. What did you learn from COVID-19? Uh, and what do you think great morning shows learned in the last 18 or so months that they may not have known before, or maybe not focused on as much before?
1: I think this, and and we actually had a session on that, uh, last in August, what a lot of morning people told me is they always knew their importance to their audience, how important that they were there for them meant. But I think that when COVID hit and everybody was home and everybody was kind of strapped, I think it never dawned on it. It never hit them as clearly of just how important they are to their listeners. Um, the, the phone calls, people were calling and just saying, "You know, thank goodness you're there." You know, I, I just, you know, turn you on. You know, you got to realize a lot of people were upside down. They were trapped at home. They, you know, were were all kind of problems and all kind of issues. But radio was there, somebody was on the radio talking. Um, some shows chose not to go off on the negative thing so much. Uh, stay away from some of the downer kind of news a little bit. They want it to be uplifting, more uplifting to their listeners. Not anything say all, but I, I just think the, the, the quick answer is I think a lot of morning shows realize even more just how important they are to listeners.
0: All right, so let's talk about the future a little bit. What does radio look like in the future? And if you're a radio personality, you're in radio, in 2022, how do you position yourself for your best career going forward?
1: Well, I first thing I'd recommend is reading Mike McVeigh's article in Radio Inc. today.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, because he offers some great insight and far more uh, insightful than I could offer in you know in, a, in a less than a minute. But uh, I would say that as far as where we are in the future now, I think personal show brands are going to rise to the top. Um I think that the days of a show, and, and actually this is part of my other conversation I was having with Carla Marie, or Carla, with, <laughs> with Marie Le, Lemaitre, was that she was talking today about that shows like Carla Marie and Anthony, uh, a show like them, a show that was in that were a podcast that found their way to radio and then are now back to podcasting, are now making um, great revenue from merchandise, from their podcasts, from all kinds of means. And there will come a day that talent will be able to make money Doing what they do and enjoy most, but not necessarily on the radio.
0: I so think that should up. be a goal for, for talent to stand apart. Absolutely, it should. It should be a goal. I think this is what we're talking about, and is a part of being an elite part of what we're doing.
1: Well, I, I again, like like that, she was saying that the people and shows that will win are the ones that are building communities. Yes, um, with their audience over and above just being on the radio. know business is changing how do you move forward you build your brand build your community and if you're a talent and you don't have a website that's where you might want to
0: start right you've you've got well and it's not just it's not just a website it's a number of things to move your brand forward and uh i think we're at a point where we're We're kind of missing the end of Don here. So I'm going to thank you, Don, for being a part of this program. I will ask you to stick around if we can get you back on here in just a minute. If we have a moment or two to ask you a question or two, I hope you'll do that. Every week we have visits from radio pros from different parts of the country. We do it for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living in the radio business today. This is also where you can come and hear from people you might not ordinarily hear in an intimate setting. Talk about radio right now. You can meet them on our live clubhouse events. Please do follow the people on this stage and look around the room to follow some other folks in here, connect up with them and network with them. Our purpose is to encourage a big part of that is networking. Don't forget next week, November, the 29th monday lois lewis calls herself double l radio and she is super fun with that brand new cma trophy I X music director and personality in phoenix arizona will be with us you don't want to miss what she is going to tell you we are always here on clubhouse every monday at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific to encourage you uh, and we are going to try to open up the room here in a minute we'll see if we get don back uh, if we do, we will have an opportunity to ask him questions. Uh, check in anytime to get the latest update. As we continue to add guests, we publish our fully updated schedules for both our Monday and Wednesday live events at RainMakerPathway.com. That's also where you get free and fresh resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business today. We do care about the people in the radio business. And you can look for our free blog section, you get to hook up with lots of free advice for you that you can share with friends as well. Don't forget on Wednesdays on Clubhouse, we have something called Innovation and in Audio with Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. On Wednesday, live events, we deal with real-world innovation. We bring people to that live event that you may not ever otherwise get an opportunity to talk to, to hear from directly in a personal setting like this, they will talk about how they create environments that encourage innovation, which I think is something that's needed in every single business. It's our way to give a different creative perspective about change, creativity itself, and of course, innovation. This Wednesday, just two days from right now, November 24th, Evan Shapiro, producer, professor, pundit, uh, board chair of the Ghetto Film School Emmy and Peabody Award winner, lecturer for companies and governments on Generation Y and Generation Z will be here to talk about the world of entertainment and how it is changing. So we do listen it doesn't seem like we're going to get don back i do want to thank him for being here uh we do try to keep things to about an hour also one of the great things about our live events you can always listen in no one is required to ask questions thank you for joining us every monday at 7 p.m eastern 4 p.m pacific for the radio rally remember if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the radio rally email me ford at rainmakerpathway.com we hope you have a great week and happy thanksgiving of course we'd like to say this on Raymaker Pathway and the radio rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. Our thanks to Don Anthony for being our patient and giving guest a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the encouragers, the radio rally podcast, which should be available in a few minutes or so. And certainly later tonight, uh, anywhere you get your podcast and a thank you to just for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share our podcast. They are the encouragers, the radio rally podcast and the encouragers, innovation in audio podcast there's don anthony how are you buddy i'm
1: fine i don't know why i I had four bars i'm 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 still in the kroger parking
0: lot (laughs) just just so you know where he's broadcasting from well listen i'm going to give you one final question if that's okay and only because i know that you talk to experts in this area if a personality or team wants to make their way to syndication How do you become a syndicated show? This is that question.
1: What, how do you you become a syndicated show?
0: Yes, sir, how do you do it? I mean,
1: look, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. um, And I I think I would leave that up to the experts in terms of every show being different. But I think the first thing is you have to have a show that is marketable beyond your own market. And like when quoting Craig Kitchen earlier, you you know, once you get that where you're way above the norm on the station comparing to other day parts, and you've convinced your management that you should go beyond that point, uh, then you're prepared to go. Hey, by the way, right yeah. now, there are shows. Uh, uh, there's a show in Boise uh, that just announced syndication. Uh, there, are, I mean, everyone's trying, and it's a, it's, it's a great time to try syndication. And But I think they're going about it the right way. They're going to be a like two or three stations here and so forth. I think Jody and Lauren, I hope I get that right. Um, but, I mean, there are shows out there that – are taking baby steps to get into it, but I think the first thing you have to do is convince your management or your station that that it's not going to affect your, your station uh, for them to go into syndication. And they can either right. be partners with you or go to somebody and try to help you get launched into that. Uh, I think the other thing also would recommend to people that want to syndicate, they should call companies that syndicate people, whether it's uh, Compass Media or people like that. Call and get somebody on the phone and say, tell me how to get the syndication. What do you look for when you're trying to syndicate a show? Uh, and they're pretty honest about, you know, what they look for and what they don't look for. And I think you'll get better advice coming that way. I think it's different for every show. Uh, but especially now, you notice the different formats, whether it's alternative, uh, country, and it just goes on and on. There's so many shows. Here's another thing that most people don't realize. There was a time before when syndicated shows were going to a market and, you know, they were there and they were doing this is The Alternative, this is The Rock. Well, now you have two syndicated shows doing country, two syndicated shows doing CHR, too. You know, so now you're competing with other syndicated shows, not just right. local.
0: So Well, I think this also, look, it also goes back to this. If you're a personality in the radio business today, you're managing yourself. If you're waiting for somebody else to help you, uh, you're in 1985. It's not 1985 anymore.
1: No, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, Mike McVeigh. You said was on this call, and you know, yep. he was uh, handled. John, I think John Tesh, um, and got him to. I mean, look at John Tesh as far as a different kind of show.
0: Pretty and brilliant. Look how,
1: giga- look how gigantic that show is. Look yes. at a show like Delilah, and 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 you know, uh, or you know, and there's so many other
0: shows. Kim Commando. I believe we lost him again, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, I'm I've got a just enough time to say please remember be kinder than you have to be i'm sorry that we lost him here the last minute but listen thank you for being a part of the radio rally with the encouragers i'm going to say good night and crap. i appreciate thank you all being here. and that's a good way to end thank you all very much good night